0: All right. How many come to hear word from the Lord on today? We certainly thank God because we are in Revelation and we are dealing with um, the, <clears throat> the destruction of the false church. Uh, Babylon is fallen. Amen. Certainly this is by design of the Lord. Uh, Mystery Babylon. We're going to chapter 17. If you all remember, uh, we have gone through Revelation chronologically, uh, and then uh, we got to chapter 16, and as God was pouring out those final uh, vials or bowls, um, Babylon came before him as a remembrance My God. And then we went back to uh, chapter 13 to pick up and talk about this uh, great Babylon, the mystery Babylon. Amen. The false church, the false prophet. Amen. And certainly. And then we went into uh, chapter 14 where we saw a reaping of the earth. And just to recap, uh, we finished up in chapter 14 and hopefully everybody have your Bible And we're just going to go back there, Revelation, the 14th chapter, and recap just a few things in there. Because we finished up uh, 14, Revelation 14, with a comparison of the 144 that was sealed uh, before God and were caught up before the throne and those that followed the true lamb and those that followed the false lamb. Amen. There was a big difference. A big difference. Now, we know that we follow uh, the true lamb that has the seven horns, amen, but there is a false lamb that only has two, amen. Uh, Jesus always is the lamb, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He was the one that was able to pull all the seven churches that's his perfect number. Pulled all the seven churches together. But then there was a false lamb that appeared. Amen. He looked like a lamb, uh, but he spake like a dragon. So there are two groups, group that followed the true lamb with the seven horns. And then there was a group that followed the false lamb with only the two horns. Amen. So we made a comparison between the 144 that were sealed before God Amen. And certainly the ones that were deceived, that was part of the Babylonian system. And we'll explain that a little bit more. All right. So what was the difference? One was following the true lamb. One was following the false. Uh, the 144, the Bible says there was no lie found in their mouth. Uh, but the, the, those that had the mark of the beast following the false lamb, they were deceived. There was a difference in our citizenship. We came from Zion, amen, the 144 came from Zion. They were of the Babylonian beast system. And I shouldn't say we, because we're talking about those individuals that uh, came up before the throne and sung a song that we couldn't sing. Uh, we sing the song, we've been redeemed by the blood of the land, a song that the angels can't sing, but the 144, when they were before the throne, uh, we had to sit back and just look because they sang a song that we didn't even know because they were uh, the ones that were became the first fruits out of the tribulation period. So they had a song that nobody else could sing. Amen. God had kept them and preserved them in the time of the tribulation period. All right. Uh, there was a bride, one is a chaste virgin. You all remember Paul said, I'm jealous of you because I present you as a chaste virgin, uh, virgin before the Lord. Uh, and there was another bride, but it's a harlot, a prostitute, all right? We worship the father, amen? We worship the father and then they worship the beast because it was the second one that caused uh, those that, the, 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 um, the false church, to worship the first beast, which is the governmental part, all right? You all remember that? We went through all of these scriptures, all right? We had the word of God, they had the word of Satan, and one significant thing uh, that we wanted to make sure that we recap on that, they both received a mark, the 144 received a mark, and those that took the, uh, that was following the false lamb, They had the mark of the beast. Both received a mark, but a big difference. One is a name and the other is a number. My God. So God does not number us. He knows us by name. He places his name on us. He places his father's name on us. Come on, somebody. My God. Those that were following the beast, they received a number. My God, and a number by which they could buy, sell, and trade and and worship the beast. And if they did not worship the beast, they were killed. Amen. So God does not number us. He puts his name on us. Prisoners have a prison number. Uh, Slaves have a number and a value attached to them. Um, Even in the system which we are in right now. Uh, Most times when you call up um, for customer service or you call it up about uh, your hospital, about an appointment, the first thing they want to know, the last four of your social or your customer number. It's a number system. God does not number us, put numbers on us. He puts his name. Big difference, a big difference. And certainly. Um, the last difference we know is that's a Babylonian system and any Babylonian system is doomed. Amen. It is a fallen society. All right. We also studied what happens, um, in a beast system, a Babylonian system, if you will. Um, Uh, And many of us, we hear a lot of this uh, one world order, one world government, deep state, globalization, however you want to call it. Amen. This Babylonian system that we're in now, uh, as I have said before, and I will continue to say, it's not like it's just going to pop into existence when the church is... Uh, pulled out. It's in existence right now, and it's a lot further along than you think if you would just open up your eyes and see it. My God. So um, it will uh, boil down to one supreme leader. We talked about uh, the advantages if uh, we were all chipped, uh, we all had the mark, if we all had a chip uh, embedded in our skin, you know. Uh, we wouldn't have no surprise heart attacks because the chip will let you know and alert you know that you have a heart arrhythmia or you have a a, a, a murmur or uh, you're low on potassium or you know uh, you're in danger of of um, exert over exerting yourself. We'll know exactly where you are. Nothing can be stolen because the chip. Uh, is by uh, the means by which you can buy, sell, and trade. There will be no uh, exchange. There'll be no black market. Uh, all of these things, You terrorists, we know right where they are and they couldn't buy any guns, couldn't buy any explosives because they would be chipped. <laughs> so, uh, but we ask the question, uh, you know, it comes down to who would control all of this? Amen. Who would control it? And we know that that new world order is going to be controlled by one supreme leader. And as a matter of fact, we're already chipped, y'all. Amen. God placed his spirit in us. He knows who we are. He knows where we are. He knows what we need. Come on, somebody. Somebody say he walks with me. He talks with me. He lets me know that I'm his own. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear no evil. Why? Because my supreme leader, he's with me. Come on, somebody. My God, each and every one of us. He chipped us a long time ago when we received his spirit, his mark upon us. He put his name upon us. All right, what else happens in a Babylonian system? Uh, idol worship. Come on, somebody. Uh, not only will uh, they not be worshiping God, they will be worshiping idols. Amen. Amen. It's a fallen empire. Any system that's built does that that does not include God is a Babylonian system, and any system that's put together that does not recognize God is doomed from the very beginning. Babylonian system, tra, uh, tribulation. Uh, Daniel uh, was thrown in the lion's den, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were put into the fiery furnace. They also took the mark of the beast. Amen. What was another difference between the Babylonian system? Uh, What happens in a Babylonian system, it's the removal of God's name from everything. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, that was not their given names. Those were names, they were uh, changed. Their names were changed when they went into the Babylonian system, amen? Um, Their names was Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, amen? Hananiah, (coughs) Mishael, and Azariah. What was the problem? All of those names had God in them. All of those names had God in them. And they told them, when you get into a Babylonian system, anything that bears the name of God has to go. Amen. Uh, Hananiah. Uh, Hananiah, that means grace. And Yah, you all know Yah is God. All right, so what? God is grace. Azariah, uh, Azariah. Um, <clears throat> uh, um, helper, uh, and Yah. There's Yah again. That's God. God is my helper. Mishael. All right, mishi uh, Who is like and L? Uh, L is God. Who is like my God? All right. So in exile or in a Babylonian system, you have to take their name every. Everything that bears the name of God, God's name is stripped. Amen. Oh, yeah. You know what? Last time we forgot about Daniel. Uh, You know, Daniel means, um, um, what is it? What is it? God is my judge. God is my judge. You can look that up. You can Google it. Uh, Daniel means God is my judge. But they changed it to Belteshazzar. Belteshazzar, what does that mean? Baal Baal is God. And if you run that back, that's Satan. That means Satan is God. We left him out uh, last time we went through that. So you have to take everything that bears the name of God. It's removed. It's removed. You all remember Alex Haley uh, Roots, uh, ben Barine, I think it was the actor, uh, they gave him the name of Toby, and he wanted to keep his his original name, Kunta Kinte, Ken- Kut- Kut- Kunt- and they beat him, beat him, beat him, what's your name, Kunta Kinte, uh, beat him, beat him, beat him, what's your name, uh, Kunta <laughs> Kinte, uh, but they beat him, beat him, beat him, and finally, he had to accept Toby. He didn't want that slave name. Uh, but that's what happens when you're in a Babylonian system. Which, and when I say that we're in a Babylonian system now, uh, is because it's, it's a blooming Babylonian system. Because what have we done? We've taken prayer out of our school. Uh, we don't want it in the Senate. We don't want it in Congress. A lot of uh even churches are satanic worshiping churches, they've taken prayer even out of the church. You somebody, my god, many of us have taken him out of our home, amen. So that's what happens in a Babylonian system. Uh, God is removed, amen. And certainly, uh, we know, and it's it's interesting how uh Belteshazzar, Daniel. They named them those different names, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yet God preserved them. God kept kept them. And we talk about uh, how we are the fresh water, the fresh fish in salt water. Amen. A fresh fish in salt water, if you catch him and uh, skin him and and cook him, if you want a little salt, you're going to have to sprinkle some salt on it. Uh, because when you taste the flesh of that fish, you're not going to taste any salt. He was he was spawned in salt water, born in salt water, lived in salt water, breathed salt water, swam in salt water all of its life. But it's been perfectly preserved. Come on, somebody. My God. Don't nobody do that but God. Amen. And certainly... Uh, this Babylonian system now, God is keeping us. God is keeping us. So it doesn't matter who names you what. Amen. As long as God knows your name. Amen. Uh, we can be surrounded by a whole lot of whatness, things that, you know, change our situations. Amen. But God knows who you are. Amen. Just like the woman at the well. <laughs> My God. Jesus came and knew exactly who she was. Now she had become a home wrecker and all kinds of names to other um, housewives and, and women among somebody that were not reputable names, but God came and knew who she was. So don't uh, worry about what the world may name you. Worry, know that God knows your name. Amen. All right. What is Babylon? We talked about that and I think this is important. Babylon is a man's futile attempt uh, to create a perfect anything without God. That's man's futile attempt to create a perfect anything. I don't care if you're trying to create a marriage, a relationship, a home, a country, a nation. Uh, Anytime you try to create anything without God, that is a Babylonian system. And anything that's built without God will not stand. It is doomed from the very beginning. Amen. All right. So. We went to Revelation 16, the vows were being poured out, we went to Revelation 13, we went to 14, there was a reaping of the earth, and we've given a recap of that. Uh, We also have been to 15, all right, 15 and 1, everybody ought to have that, have your Bibles and you can read that with me. We've been through this. This was pouring out of the seven plagues. It says, and I saw another sign, 15 and 1, in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up with the wrath of God. Those were the seven last plagues that were being poured out. The wrath of God that was being poured out upon uh, men. And then if we look in chapter 16 and 17, we've been through this chapter. Uh, if you uh, have missed any of this, you can go back. It's recorded. That's the good thing about it. You can go back on uh, YouTube. You can go back on uh, Facebook and pick these lessons up. Uh, chapter 16, the vials, the bowls were poured out. Uh, Revelation 16 and 17. It says, and the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, what? It is done. It is done. So now we know that the last plagues and the last vials, the bowls are done. They are poured out, and the scripture lets us know and gives us confirmation uh, that this tribulation period is now over, all right? As a matter of fact, the pouring out of the last vial signifies unto us uh, the battle of Armageddon. That's next, and that's what we'll uh, be going to once we finish the narrative uh, that we're in right now, because when we went back to chapter 13 and 14, John was giving us the narrative, what was going on, When God, during this tribulation period, as God is pouring out of uh, His wrath, all right, and certainly we know that last, the seventh uh, seal that was opened, that represents the last three and a half years of the tribulation period, and certainly we know nobody's going to be saved. So, those that reaping, uh, those. Individuals that were reaped in verse in chapter 14, that had to be the first three and a half years of the tribulation period because the opening up of the seventh seal uh, begins the last three and a half years of the seven year tribulation period. And that's known as the great day of God's wrath when nobody, nobody is going to be saved. Nobody's going to survive that. All right. So we know that we're at the end of the tribulation period. God's wrath is now complete. The last vow is also the beginning of the battle of Armageddon, all right? But John is still filling in the narrative, more narrative uh, that's happening. uh, And that's where we're gonna pick up here uh, in uh, Revelation, the 17th chapter. He's filling in more narrative of what's going on Uh, during that seven-year tribulation period, all right? And so as we move into chapter 17, we're going to focus in on two specific things, all right? Uh, Number one, Mystery Babylon. You find that in Revelation 17 and 5, all right? 17 and 5, Revelation 17 and 5. And upon her forehead was a name written, what? Mystery Babylon the Great. We're going to focus in on that. And they're also the second thing that we're going to focus in because they're intertwined here in Revelation 17. Uh, but it comprises 17 and 18. So we're dealing with um, Mystery Babylon and uh, Revelation 18 and 2. All right. All <clears> right. <throat> And what does that say? And he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, devils, and hold the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Amen. So that is the fall of Babylon the city, all right, the nation all right, remember now we're talking about a beast system that has is comprised of two beasts. Remember that? It's comprised of two beasts. Uh, they're coming together, but they're both combined, but they're both known as Babylon. Amen. Uh, the false prophet is the um, the spiritual side of it that gets all the people to worship, the Antichrist which is the first beast. Amen. All right. Two parts to it. It's the false church that gets people, which is the second beast, uh, that gets people to worship the first beast. All of this we've been through, and hopefully everybody's getting a grasp, and I want to make it plain, and I want to make sure everybody's on the same page. And if you didn't catch that, you need to go back. You need to go back and, and pick it up because I want to uh, explain this as we're going through and everybody understand uh, where we are and what's getting ready to happen. All right so they're combined. Um, the false prophet gets the people to worship the Antichrist, the religious it's the religious system component of it. all right And the religious system and the governmental system are working together. They are in agreement. Amen. They are in agreement. Uh, And one of the most embarrassing things to let you know that we're in a Babylonian system, this thing is uh, actually alive and well um, among us today. I don't know if uh, any of you all witnessed uh, Paula White in the prayer that she was praying and Uh, She was calling on angels from Africa. Uh, Excuse me, any angel that uh, don't come from heaven is a demon. Uh, How does the church get so connected with the political system uh, that you get such a fanatical uh, 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 prayer that, uh, you know, and and I don't want to repeat the things that she was saying, but it, it sounded like a whole bunch of devil worship to me. Uh, Kenneth Copeland, uh, many of you may have heard, uh, he had to turn around and apologize uh, and, and tell people that you know he loves uh, uh, President-elect Biden, uh, but he was offensive and his pulpit. How does the church get so connected to the political system I'm on somebody that the church is just upset about what's happening <laughs> in government. This is a Babylonian uh, a system that's being built right in front of our very eyes. Amen. And if we aren't careful, if we are not careful and in, in uh, being able to identify it, you'll get caught up energy uh, your, your citizenship will be in it as well. Uh, so keep your eyes wide open. Amen. So uh, we're looking at two beasts. Uh, one is uh, out of the sea. You all remember that was in Revelation 13 and 1. And the other one came out of the earth. Both are Antichrist. Both are Babylon. Amen. Both are our Babylon. Amen. Um, And I'm going to show you let me get my other um, slide up that I want to share with you. Um, I had a, a picture of many artists depict what John saw and certainly, I'll share with you. Um, and if you do a Google of um, if you do a Google of John's vision of the false church, you see uh, the governmental system is the beast, uh, but the the church uh, is riding on top, riding on top. Uh, The religious system is riding on the governmental portion of it. Amen? Uh, And that's just a a picture. And if you do a a Google of uh, John's view of the false church, uh, you'll get a lot of other pictures. But it's a woman standing on some type of a beast. All right? Because the church is represented by a woman. Amen? All right? All right? So, so we're picking up that narrative. What's going on? What's happening during this period? Uh, just before we go into the Babylonian, the uh, battle of Armageddon. All right? So, uh, Revelation 17, we're dealing with the mystery, the mystery of Babylon. Um, uh, she is a prostitute. She is a woman. And certainly, we know... Uh, prostitutes, the relationship, you pay her for her services. Amen. There's no commitment there. There's no love there. Amen. And then when we go to Revelation 18, we will be dealing with the nation of Babylon or the governmental portion of Babylon. All right. Both of them, both of them, they are Babylon. Now, let me give you, I want to show you another uh, slide And this one we have seen before. But I just want to remind you of what we're dealing with. Uh, Many of us, we saw this uh, picture. Uh, Let me get out of the way. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out of the way totally in this picture. But... um, I'm trying to get rid of my lower thirds here so you can see. Uh, There we go, all right. We see Babylon empire. If you look to the right of this statue, this is Daniel's uh, dream. Uh, The Babylonian empire, uh, followed by the uh, Persian empire followed by the Grecian Empire. Alexander the Great came and conquered Persia. And then we have the Roman Empire came and conquered the Grecian Empire. And then we're going to have the revived, all right, the revived Roman Empire. Uh, That's going to be the last Babylonian Empire uh, that God is going to destroy but what I want you, and if you look down at the bottom, it is in green. It says um, we are approximately, let me see what it says. I'm get it up on my screen. Um, it says approximately where we are today. We're right at the bottom where the feet, uh, that is the, uh, feet is the revived Roman Empire. The Ten Toes are the Ten Kingdoms uh, that would be part of that, uh, the leaders that will be part of that revived Roman Empire. And if you notice, all of that is standing on a rock. The Ancient of Time, that is Christ. The Ancient of Days is going to come and put an end uh, to that tribulation period. But what I want to emphasize and let you all know is uh, those empires that are off Uh, to the right, the Babylonian Empire, the Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, the Roman Empire, the revived Roman Empire, they're all Babylon. They're all Babylon. Remember what Babylon is. (laughs) That's an attempt to create an empire, a nation, a country, or anything without God. And anything that's created without God, God is doomed from the very beginning. So they are all. they are all Babylon. And that's what I'm trying to get us uh, to understand on uh, tonight. All right, let me see if I can get my um, get my lower thirds back. So I'll be looking professional here. All right, there we go. All right, they are all they are all Babylon. All right? And uh, in Daniel's dreams we see all the Babylon Babylonian empires that have come Uh, that have gone. And we also saw saw the last, the revived Babylonian empire that is going to be revived. Amen. Uh, It's going to be resurrected. Remember now, Satan is copying God's plan. And since Jesus got up and said, all power in heaven and earth belongs unto me, guess what? (laughs) He's trying to copy everything. Everything that God does, God's plan is perfect and complete. So since he couldn't take over it, he's copying it to the T. So we will have a revived, amen, a resurrected Roman empire, which is a Babylonian empire. And I'll explain that a little bit more uh, as we go. So uh, just as it was in the beginning, all right. Um, just it's going to be a, so it's going to be in the end, and what I mean by that, remember when in Genesis, I believe it was Genesis ten, um the whole earth was with one language and with one speech, all right, and it was Nimrod, the first uh world empire that sought to create uh, a a a nation to himself. He wanted to be worshipped as God. Amen. Uh, but it was a Babylonian. Uh, That's the beginning of the false church, beginning of the false doctrine. Amen. And as I said before, those things that we see uh, in Genesis, uh, the fall of Satan, the fall of the angels, the fall of mankind, uh, Nimrod, that name is I will rebel. uh, God is bringing to an end. He's bringing it to an end in Revelation. All right. So he's dealing with the last Babylonian empire uh, that is going to rise and God is going to destroy it. All right. But our focus on tonight will be the mystery Babylon. All right. This is the religious portion, the religious portion, that second beast. All right. We're going to deal with that in chapter 17. All right. And there is some overlap. Uh, in seventeen with seventeen and eighteen because uh, you're going to see some of the religious portion and you're going to see some of the governmental portion, but we're going to keep our focus in on the false church. That's what we want to keep our eyes on and deal with and dissect on tonight. So this deals with the religious system uh, chapter 18 deals with the destruction of final Babylon. Uh, that's the governmental portion of this false Babylonian system. Amen. The the church is riding on top of the governmental piece. All right. So let's study Babylon, this last false church. And um, let's go to Revelation 17. That was all to set us up for what we're about to read on tonight. Hopefully, we'll have enough time to get through this. We all know that there is going to be a false church. Amen. That's what Mystery Babylon is. It is the false prophet. It is the false church. The Bible talks about this as much as anything else. All right. All churches are not created equal. (laughs) This is what we're dealing with right now a false church. It looks like a lamb, right? (laughs) It looks like a lamb, but it speaks like a dragon, all right? All churches that say they are Christian are not. I know we want them to be, but the, the plain and simple truth, it's not the case, amen? Um, all people that say they're Christian are not we got a whole lot of people claiming to be Christian today. My goodness uh Paula White, she calls herself Christian, but that prayer looked like she was calling on something demonic that was not christ like and and this and the reason I'm not picking on her, this is our live example. I've often said in Bible class, you can read your Bible and look at the news and you see it coming to pass. We are living this right now. My God. We see individuals that would prefer one supreme leader. You wouldn't think one man would have as much influence uh, that he does. They are almost like they crave. They want a uh, uh, one supreme leader that they'll bow down to. He'll tell you as many lies. You know we're at a time now. You can sell a lie, but you can't give away the truth. We're in it. We're we're living this right now. These these scriptures are jumping off the page at us, and hopefully you're not spiritually. Uh, dull-minded that you don't understand and see the day and time in which we live. It's time to wake up, church. It is time to wake up. So all people that say they're Christian, they're not. All right. Um, this is the church that looks like a lamb. That You'll find that Revelation 13 and 11. That second beast, it looks like a lamb, but it speaks like a dragon. They think they're following Jesus but they're worshiping Satan. Amen. Uh, This is a false church. It is a false Christian system. All right. And actually, uh, if you're on your spiritual P's and Q's, it's easy to identify. I mean, if you're just one of those religious people uh, that say, oh, yeah, well, they say they're uh, Christian and that's good enough for me. Well, you're going to get caught up in a false Babylonian system. Amen? Uh, This is what uh, Jesus was talking about. See that no man deceive you. All right? When shall these things be? Come on, somebody. The sign of thy coming and the end of the world. What did he say? See that no man deceive you. Matthew 24, 25, the Olivet Discourse, come on somebody, deception was the number one thing, and we've been talking about that almost maybe uh, a year. See that no man deceive you. If you're just going to let somebody tell you they're Christian, you're going to be deceived. Somebody said you'll know a tree by what? It's fruit. Watch them, see what they do. Action speaks a whole lot more than just words, all right? So if they just say they're Christian and that's okay, that's not good enough, amen? Uh, The true church must belong to Jesus Christ and they must follow the true lamb. He said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. That's where he stood on Mount Hermon. Those angels that had fallen from heaven, they landed there, and he told Satan, you'll never get your hands on my bride. on, somebody, we are the bride of Christ. All right, Revelation 17, let's read uh, one, and we'll go down through eight. You all have it. Everybody should have it. We're going to dissect this religious system. We're going to deal with this uh, final world order, this final uh, Babylon. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me. Now, this is the angel that poured out the last vial. He spoke with John. He said, come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. All right. This is the woman that is sitting on the beast on top of the governmental system, the church system that I, the slide that I showed. Uh, The woman that's sitting, the, the woman which is the religious sitting, religious system sitting on top of the governmental system, all right? With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit unto the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast. All right, we covered that, right? We showed you the slide, full of the names of what blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. We saw all that in the in the picture that the artist uh, showed of um, John's vision. All right, and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of what? Abominations and filthiness of her fornication. All right, so this is a church that we're looking at. This is the false church, a religious system. All right, let's read. And upon her forehead was name, was the name written, what? Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. John looked at this thing that represented the false church, and it looked so close to the real thing, John's mouth fell open. He looked at it and said, I, I, I can't believe it. This this looks just like the real thing. <laughs> My God, and this is being uh, unfolded in a vision right before John, and, and he's being carried through it. Uh, and he's looking at it and it is amazed. And, in, you know, one uh, in a casual look, if, if we get casual in our walking relationship with God, we'll look at it and we'll be totally deceived. And as a matter of fact, the people that are telling the stories that uh, you hear today, <laughs> you can tell they're totally deceived. My God, it is almost like they revel in, they want to be deceived, all right? So he looked at it. It was so close to the real thing that his mouth fell open. And the angel said unto me, wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and the beast that carrieth her, all right? Remember, she's riding on the governmental system, which have the seven heads and ten horns And the beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder who are those people, those whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. My God. All right. It was, it's not, and yet is. Remember those Babylonian empires we saw? They're all Babylon. It was, the Roman empire It's not in existence right now, but his deadly wound was healed. you all remember when we read that scripture? <laughs> was, it's not, but it's coming back alive. All right, let's pick it up. Let's read on down. Uh, 17 and 9. We're going to pick it up at 9. And we'll read on down and we'll finish this whole chapter and then we'll uh, dissect it. We won't get through all of this, but we'll at least read it. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. Here we go again. <laughs> it's going to send us on a, 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 a little bit of a study here. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seventh and goeth into perdition. My God, now I know everybody's saying, I don't know what that's talking about. Uh, Don't worry about that now. We'll dissect that a little bit later, but we're going to focus in. As I said, there's some overlap here. We're talking about the governmental system, and we're also talking about the religious system. Uh, They're intertwined here in 17, but we'll we'll dissect it all when we get to it. But right right now, we want to focus in on the woman. We want to focus in on the religious system, the false church. All right. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, uh, which had uh, received um, no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength until the beast. All right. Uh, We all talked about that, how all the nations are going to uh, unite under one leader. The Antichrist, uh, the one, the man of peace that has all the answers, uh, has the uh, answer for global warming. He has the answer for the political problems. He has the answer for all the uh, environmental problem uh, that we have. All right. They're going to unite under one world leader. All right. And we certainly know that's going to be the beast. Look, it says, and these shall make war with the Lamb. And the lamb shall overcome them, for he is what? The Lord of lords and the king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. We'll see that in chapter 19. Jesus, when he comes to fight the battle of Armageddon, he's going to bring us with him. (laughs) Amen. All right. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. So, this false church, this false church that we're studying right now exists in all countries. All right? Uh, let's read it one more time. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes, and nations, and tongues. All right? This church exists in all nations. All right? Let's read. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore. All right? And shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. Remember I told you, um, the Bible says the world loves its own. The church is all it's got, all right? But this first beast, the governmental system, is going to destroy the religious system. She's a whore. They're just using her. Come on, somebody. Somebody. This president has a whole lot of followers in, the, in Christendom <laughs> uh, That man can't be no more near, nothing like a Christian. He'd care nothing about Christians, no nothing about the Bible. He's just using them. Uh, anybody seeing this Bible? <laughs> These scriptures jump up at you? The church is just being used by the political, the governmental system, all right? So, um, the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these uh, shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. All right, isn't that the normal relationship that you have with a prostitute? Uh, You're just using her for what you need, what you want. There's no love there. Uh, After they get done using uh, the religious system, it's going to be utterly destroyed by the governmental system. All right, look what it says. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will. This is God's will. Uh, And... Uh, to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the word of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is the great city uh, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Amen. So this church that we're studying, it's also a city, Vatican City. All right. All right. So we have read all of chapter 17. And what we're going to try to do now is do a little bit of dissecting here uh, of what we have read. Get an understanding. All by getting, get an understanding of what we're reading. All right. So there's a lot of focus um, on a woman. All right. And throughout uh, the Bible. Uh, We always see um, uh, the woman is a picture of the church. That's a central theme that runs throughout the whole Bible. Uh, What are we? We are the bride of Christ. All right. And just as in any women, uh, there's good women and there's bad women. There's good churches (laughs) And there's bad churches, all right? Uh, There are some that started out good (laughs) and they ended up bad. Uh, There are some that are all out corrupt. As I say, there are churches that are, uh, their total commitment is to satanic worship, all right? So the Bible always uh, uses the woman as a picture a picture of the church. All right. So, in the Bible, we have the tale of two cities, and we're going back now uh, to um, Genesis, and I, I want to paint a picture here because, uh, as I said, uh, God and and uh, you can actually look at Genesis and come up with an outline of Revelation. If you go back, go backward in Genesis, beginning at chapter eleven. In 10, 9, 8, 7, you can see where uh, it's an actually an outline of uh, Revelation. Amen. (laughs) You see the beginning of um, Satan. All right. And in Revelation, you see the end of Satan. So he's dealing with the fall of Lucifer. He's dealing with the fall of the angels. He's dealing with the fall of mankind. And bringing it to an end, a conclusion in Revelation. All right. So from the beginning, we see uh, the tale of two cities. We see Jerusalem uh, by with uh, the priest of God, of the Most High, uh, Melchizedek. Amen. Uh, in Genesis uh, 14 and 8. And then we have Babylon. All right. Two cities. We have Jerusalem uh Melchizedek and we have Babylon what was that that was a false religion a false doctrine Nimrod I will rebel all right what happened in Genesis they were all of the same language and all of the same speech all right they went about to build a tower oh you know what the other thing is we don't a lot of times we don't um pay attention to that they built a city and a tower. That's, that's key. Two parts to it. <laughs> Remember now, that's the beginning. That's the beginning of Babylon. We're dealing with the final Babylon. They both have two parts. All right. They built a city and a tower. All right. But they did not want or include God. All right. We're going to make a name for ourselves. Go back and read it. Uh, They built the tower, which was with the religious system, and they built the city, which was the governmental system. All right. So we're dealing with two cities here. All right. This is the final Babylon, and they both have both a religious and a governmental piece to them. All right. The Bible also talks about uh, women in the Bible. Uh, Paul, he said, I'm jealous of you. We've read that scripture because I present you as a chaste virgin unto God. Amen. Uh, We are the bride of Christ. Amen. But then there's another one, which is a prostitute. Amen. She's a harlot. Amen. That is the bride of Satan. All right. Now, let's go to uh, Zachariah. The sixth chapter. A lot of people thought that the the, uh, Babylon uh, Babylon was done with. It was destroyed. It was over. No. It keeps rearing its ugly head. And that's why we brought the slide up to let you know all of those empires were Babylon. That was man's attempt to create a, a nation... Uh, without God. And as I said, they were all doomed. All right. Zechariah, the angel came and spoke with him and had to to wake him up. Zechariah 5. We'll drop down to verse 6. What did he say? And I said, what is it? The angel woke him up. And he said, This is an ephah that goeth forth. He said, Moreover, this is their resemblance through all the earth. And behold, there was lifted upon a talent of lead, and this is a woman that sitteth in the midst of the ephah. And he said, This is wickedness. This woman represented all of wickedness. And what did happen? He cast the woman into the midst of the ephah, and he cast the weight of lead upon the mouth thereof. He sealed it, then uh, lifted up mine eyes, and I looked, and behold, there came out two women, and the wind was in their wings, and for they had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up the ephah between the earth and the heaven. And I said to the angel that talked with me, whither do thou bear the ephah? What are you going to do with the ephah, this thing that represents wickedness? And he said unto me to build it a house in the land of what? Shiner. What is Shiner? Babylon. All right. I'm going to take it to Babylon and it shall be established and set there upon her own base. My God. Now, this was a vision of Zechariah that was coming out of bondage uh, from Babylon. Uh, He was one of the ones that was coming out. And you would think uh, from this point on, everything uh, would be okay. They would go back. They're back at Jerusalem and they were going to uh, reorganize themselves and everything would run smooth. All right. Uh, but uh, Zechariah re- re- receives a vision here uh, that has a disturbing um, story to it. All right. So if we look at and if we, I'm going back to this slide again. I might even put it back up before us so we can see it. But Babylon was taken over by the Persian Empire. All right, uh, and uh, it would um, it would just uh, Babylonian Empire, after it was taken over by the Persian Empire, just uh, cease to exist, all right? It was never destroyed, all right? So when the Jews are back in Jerusalem, you would think that things are going to be smooth, but Zechariah had a disturbing vision, and that vision was that Babylon, this woman, wickedness, that was in this ephah, was sealed, and it was taken back to Babylon, to set established it on its base for a season, but Babylon was coming back. And that's what this vision is revealing unto us. All right. What was it? It was the sins of the people. All right. This is 500 BC before Christ. After the captivity, but before Jesus had came onto the scene. All right. The woman represented wickedness. He sealed it. All right. He said, I looked and asked, where are you taking it? I'm taking it to Babylon to establish it on its own base. All right. And even though that Babylon, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon had come to an end, all right, Zechariah warned the people that Babylon at some point was coming back. And as we review the history of Babylon, we'll find out it was never destroyed. Um I remember my uh, uh brother, uh, elder Alvin Dumas senior, uh preached a, a sermon Kill away gag. And I actually, i preached that sermon myself. When God tells you to go in and utterly destroy and they had received the instruction uh, to go up in um, 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 Jericho, I want you to kill uh, the men, the women, the children the cattle, the oxen, the ass. I want you to utterly destroy everything. There was a reason for that. If it's not utterly destroyed, (laughs) it will come back. It has a chance of coming back and most likely will come back. So, when God gave Israel instruction to rid itself of its enemy, I want you to go in and utterly destroy everything. I know it seemed cruel to kill the children, but that's exactly what God told them to go in and utterly destroy everything. If you don't, you'll see it again. All right. Babylon was described as a beautiful woman. I remember reading, a, um, uh, looking at a, um, uh, a Western, and uh, one, uh, one of the Westerns, they said Texas was a woman, and telling the mothers, don't, don't let Texas steal your sons from you. Uh, Babylon was a beautiful woman. It was a beautiful city. It was a beautiful thing, and everybody that came in contact with it, they never destroyed it. They never destroyed it. It was too beautiful to destroy. So it simply ceased uh, to be a world power, but it was never destroyed. All right. So when Babylon was taken over by the Persians, it it ceased to be a world power, but they didn't destroy it. All right. And this was 500 BC after the captivity, but before Jesus came on the scene. Um, even though Babylon was over, Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, Zechariah warned the people that Babylon is going to come back, all right? When the Persians, uh, conquered Babylon, Babylon was never destroyed, all right? So Zechariah let them know that this evil, this wickedness, the iniquity will return, all right? It will be taken back to Babylon. It will be set on its base for a time and for a season. Um, but when the time is right, it will come back. Uh, this hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. All right. When the time is right and we know after the church is snatched out, this will be the new world, one world order, one world government. Uh <laughs> The globalization of Babylon is coming back. Amen. Uh, This woman, um, false religious system, it started back in Genesis with Nimrod. All right. I will be real rebel. That's what Nimrod means. This is the original Babylon way back in Genesis. All right. You all remember when they had slime for mortar And what did they do? They made brick. Boy, where did they learn that from? (laughs) And they were making a name for themselves. It was a godless society, a godless nation. Matter of fact, Nimrod himself, he wanted to be worshiped as God, all right? It reared its head in the middle of history when the children of Israel had to go into Babylonian uh, captivity, What did they do? They captured uh, Jerusalem and they destroyed the temple, all right? But God said that same Babylon is coming back. This woman, she represents evil, all right? It's going to sit up on its base. Babylon is coming back. When is it going to come back? At the end. That's what we're looking at right now. This is that same Babylon that's coming back now, all right? And if we're not careful, if we're not careful as the saints of God, we will take up our citizenship in this Babylonian system if we're not on our spiritual P's and Q's. And what we must understand is Babylon was never destroyed. Kill away gag. If you don't kill it, Uh, It will come back and it will certainly kill you. That's why we don't keep around pet sins. You know, things that, well, you know, I I just drink a little bit. I just smoke a little bit. I just do a little bit, you know, when when it's convenient for me and when I, you know, really need to do it. But guess what? If you keep pampering that sin, it's going to come back and kill you. All right? My God. So, uh, the Babylonian um, Empire actually became a major city in the Persian Empire. All right, Alexander the Great, the Grecians, when they came and conquered the Persian Empire, he destroyed the Persian Empire, but he did not destroy the Babylonian Empire or the Babylonian, the city of Babylon. All right, it was too beautiful. All right. It it was it's a beautiful woman. (laughs) Uh, It was too beautiful to destroy. As a matter of fact, uh, Alexander the Great uh, made Babylon his capital city. All right. Uh, Making Babylon one of the um, biggest, uh, the center of one of the biggest empires that the world has ever seen. Uh, Alexander the Great, he died young. But before he died, he actually minted coins in uh, Babylon. The Talmuds uh, that we have today, many of them that are ancient right now, but many of them were written back in Babylon. He also made famous those Babylonian robes. (laughs) My God. All right, so when the Roman Empire conquered the Grecian Empire... They did not destroy Babylon, even 500 years after Christ. Babylon still existed, all right? It still existed. Babylon never went away. It just ceased to be a world power, all right? Now, let's remember what Babylon is. That's man's attempt to build a more perfect union or a nation uh, without God. All right. It had its beginning. It reared its head in the middle when the children of Egypt had to go into Babylonian captivity. And guess what? It's going to rear its head in the end. And this is what God is dealing with. The final destruction and dismantling of Babylon. It will come to an end, a conclusion, a conclusion in Revelation. All right. So it is a woman. It is a religious system that started way back um, in Genesis. It looks Christian, but it's not. It is not. All right. Um, It was a system where man could achieve what he wanted to do without taking into account what God wanted him to do. And as a matter of fact, uh, there are a lot of Christians uh, today that have that mindset. You know, God is just a means to an end. Um, You know, uh, I'm going to take advantage of church. I'm going to come to church and I'm around the church. But, you know, I'm not here to fulfill what God wants me to do. I'm here to use the church to let the church help me fulfill and do what I want to do. So God just becomes a means to an end. That's Babylonian thinking. Anything that you attempt to do and don't include God, it's doomed from the very beginning. My God. All right. It's a Babylonian system, but it's described as a woman, uh, someone who commits adultery, someone that is a prostitute, uh and but what does that mean spiritually? Amen. What, what you know, when we talk about um um in Revelation 17 this this woman that's a prostitute uh and commits fornication, we know what that means um uh uh physically, but what does that mean spiritually? And God uses this phrase throughout the Bible adulterous. Amen. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament. As a matter of fact, let's go to James. Oh boy. Let's go to James, the fourth chapter. And we want to read verses 1 through 4. You all have it. Say, man. What does James say? Uh, From whence come wars and fighting among you? Come they not hence even of your uh, lusts uh, that war in your members? ye you lust and you have not. ye kill and you desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet you have not. Because you ask not, ye ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. What does he say? You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So what does uh, James let us know? Instead of behaving like the bride of Christ, you all are behaving just like adulteresses. Remember somebody? Well, what's the difference? There's a big difference. (laughs) One is from heaven and another one is from hell. One is the bride of Christ, the other is a prostitute, all right? The difference between the true church and the harlot of Satan, there's a big difference, amen? So spiritually, we can become adulterers or adulteresses, amen? My God, and that's what we need to understand. Amen? It's just like instead of being uh, married to Christ, Paul said, I, I'm jealous over you because I present you as a chaste virgin before the Lord. That's just like, well, I'm just going to marry who I want to marry. Well, you can do that, but you probably, you're going to ruin your life. <laughs> My God, if you marry the wrong person, and there's a whole lot of people will let you know, uh, if I knew now, Uh, Then, what I know now, I would have ran the other way. Come on, somebody. Uh, It's just like, you know, belonging to God's church and belonging to another church. What did did he say? He said, I'm married unto you. We're married to him. We are the bride of Christ. Amen. You know, a lot of times people... Uh, They belong, you know, they're just religious. And uh, they go to the church that's closest to them. You know, they they may just pick a church because it's down the street and on the corner. Uh, Don't go to the church that's closest to you. Go to the church that's closest to God. You know, that's what happens when people just become religious and they don't know who Jesus is. There is a big difference, a big difference, there is a false church, and it is a, a harlot of Satan, all right, all right, um, let me see, we might have a, let me see, let's see, Let's do uh, another scripture here, and hopefully we can get this thought before us. All right, does does God like prostitutes? That's another theme that uh, goes throughout the Bible. <laughs> uh, that's a trick question. God often uses. Prostitutes in the Bible so he can convert her into the woman that he can use. And that's why it's so important. It's so important that we be able to identify this because uh, there's a prostitute. That's the one we're looking at in Revelation 17. She says she's a church, but her actions don't support it. Come on, somebody. All right, let's go to Genesis 38. We find find prostitutes, harlots in the lineage of Jesus. The first one that he deals with is in Genesis 38. And we're going to look in verse um, 24 here. Tamar is the first um, uh, prostitute that God uses for his will. Look what it says here, Genesis 38 and 24. And it came to pass about the third month after uh, it was told uh, Judah, saying, Tamar, thy daughter-in-law has played the harlot. And also, behold, she is with child by whoredom. And Judah said, bring her forth and let her be burned. Now, you know, there's always a story uh, behind uh, the scripture. Now, Tamar, uh, Judah was married uh, uh, to his wife and he had sons and he picked uh, Tamar to be uh, the wife of his eldest son. All right, so his eldest son, um, God was not pleased with him, and God struck him dead. All right, and um, what did Judah uh, do? He said he told his second uh, son, I want you to go in with uh, Tamar and have a child with her to raise up seed. Uh, that was how she was to uh, get her inheritance among somebody, and the uh, lineage would follow through her and her children. Well, uh, I believe his name was Onan. Let me get this back again. Onan, he knew that was not going to raise seed unto him, so he went in and the scripture says he spilt his seed on the ground. It wasn't going to raise up seed to him, so he he went in on to, to uh, Tamar. And he's, yeah, Onan is his name. I'm looking at uh, 38 and 9. And Onan knew that the seed should not be his. And it came to pass when he went in and to his brother's wife that he spilled it Uh, on the ground, lest that he should give seed to his brother. And that thing which he did displeased the Lord, wherefore the Lord slew him. So now we got two of Judah's sons um, that are killed. And so Judah tells Tamar, I want you to go to your father's house and and, uh, uh, be single, um, remain a widow, and when my third son is ready i'll send him to you well um he didn't <laughs> so what is she to do now she wanted her inheritance she wanted her inheritance and when judah got ready to go and tend to his sheep and these were you know he would go to the camps and uh there would be um uh prostitutes Uh, that these men, they were away from home, they didn't have the creature comforts of home, and they would uh, use these uh, prostitutes. And so she took off her widow's clothes and dressed herself like a prostitute, and she actually approached him. And uh, she said, well, what will I get? Uh, He said, and it's all here, you can read it. Um, he said, well, I'll give you a kid. <laughs> now, that wasn't a child. That was a goat. <laughs> uh, and she said, well, if I lie with you, uh, how am I going to know you're going to keep your word? Um, can you give me some um, uh, a down payment or give me some security or give me some guarantee that I'm going to get paid? And he, he said, Well, what do you want? He well, she asked for his signet that's his ring that he signs, uh, a bracelet, uh, and the staff that he had. All right, so she lays with him. All right, and she becomes pregnant. And we pick it up here where three months after in verse 24, uh, well, when um, Judah gets ready to pay uh, for this. Service that she offered, uh, he says. Now I want you to go find this this prostitute and and give her this kid and and get my stuff back. Get my signet. Get my bracelet and get my uh, get my staff. Uh, and they go and and they look for her, and they can't find her. And comes back to Judah, and, and Judah's like, uh, Well, what's going on here? But the word came to Judah, and this is where we pick it up in verse 24, and it came to pass about three months after uh, that it was told Judah, saying, Tamar, thy daughter-in-law has played the harlot, and also, behold, she is with child by whoredom. And Judah said, bring her forth and let her be burned. My God. So although her actions were questionable, uh, she had faith in God. Now, she she just wanted her inheritance. (laughs) And as a matter of fact, when he brought her before him, and uh, she said, well, the man that have done this to me, well, here's his signet, here's his bracelet, and here's his staff. And Judah had to sit there and... (laughs) Uh, thou art the man. So I simply got my inheritance. on somebody? That's all she was after in the first place. But she played the role of a harlot to get it. And matter of fact, when Judah got the fool, he realized he was the one. He said, you were more righteous than I was. I made a promise to you that I was going to send my third son to you, um, but I didn't. You were more righteous than I, and it was through Tamar, all right? It was through her that God gave birth to the tribe of Judah. My God. Uh, Does God love prostitutes? (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna uh finish answering that question because you all know the other one the famous one that we're gonna go to who is it Rahab the what the prostitute God used her she is in the lineage of Jesus all right so I'm hoping that um you all, I, I'm I'm digging a little bit deep in these scriptures. I, I'm bringing up the the history of it uh, because we're dealing with um, a prostitute in a harlot in Revelation 17. Uh, but we got to be able to identify, uh, you know, because it's not by what you called, what your name is called. It's uh, according to your actions. My God, because this prostitute says she's Christian, yet her actions prove otherwise. All right, may God bless you. May God keep you new grace. We are out of time. Uh, it's not gonna be long. Uh, we will be through um, uh, Revelation 17 uh, in the destruction of the... Uh, religious system. And when God gets done with the governmental system, his will is being done in destroying the religious system. God is going to turn around and put a final end, a final end to uh, this false Babylonian system. He's going to bring it to a conclusion. Amen. And certainly it is uh, interesting. I think you'll enjoy it uh also uh, i was just as a challenge to some of the young people that want to look up um uh daniel that god is my judge i think gideon god is my. god is my helper uh what were the original names what is the meaning of um shadrach meshach and abednego those names that were given to them in Babylon. Look up those names and see what they mean. I didn't look them all up. I didn't have time to, uh, go through them all, but I think it would be a challenge, uh, to you, uh, something that you can do on the side. But I I think this is, um, as I say, these, these scriptures are jumping off the page, jumping off the page. We're looking at now, uh, a church, uh, uh, the nominal uh, Christian church that is so tied to the government. on, somebody? And she's being used. The government cares nothing about the church, but if you will allow yourself to be used, they will certainly use you. And we're seeing that happen right now. We see a, an appetite for one, a dictatorship, you'd be surprised. People, they will put democracy aside. They'll put the Constitution aside. You know somebody? My God. And it, they, almost as if they they crave a dictator. They want one supreme leader. It's happening. This Babylon is being built right before we can see the appetite for it. Right before our very eyes. And I think it's interesting because this is right where we are in Revelation. But it's going to be all brought to an end. And we're going to go to the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, And I still ask that question. How long is the fight going to last with God? And I think you're going to be quite surprised. Uh, And then we'll set up the uh, millennial period. Amen. And certainly we're going to have a wedding. Amen. And we're all going to live happily ever after. May God bless you may God keep you is our prayer.